0: Sorry, I knew you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, oh, <laughs> how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes. Hello and welcome to Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. We have a new microphone. Shout out to my dad on that one. We have a new season. We have a new house. We have a new recording studio, aka a new bedroom to do the sack in. But we have the same old balls that we love talking right here on Carson Sack. LeBron James is a Laker. Tiger Woods. Pretty much back to being Tiger Woods. And college football is right around the corner as it kicks off. The season already technically has, but the first big weekend of games taking place this weekend starting Saturday, September 1st. So that's pretty much all I want to talk about today is those three things. I know way late on the whole LeBron James thing. That's fine. I take summers off. That's on me. But still huge news. Tiger Woods dominated golf this summer in the headlines. And then, of course, college football, it's back. I've got to talk about it. So first off, let's talk about LeBron James going to the Lakers. He had to get out of Cleveland. It was... A business decision as much as a basketball decision. LeBron is now starting to look ahead to after playing career-wise and no better place to just dip your toes in, uh, put your hand in a bunch of cookie jars as in LA where there's just so many opportunities around every corner. Whether it's a movie deal, producing deal, a TV show deal that he has now with HBO, being more involved with movies, which he's said he wants to do, and more shows, and uh, his talent agency, his sports agency more than talent agency, but big for him to do that, this coming year for the Lakers, you don't really know how well they're going to do it the first year without Some would say another superstar. I mean, they did apparently target DeMarcus Cousins in the offseason. They didn't get Kawhi in the trade like they thought they might be able to. But I think this year, I think LeBron knows, hey, this year we're probably not going to really contend in the West. I think they'll be competitive, but I don't think they're going to really scare the Warriors, scare the Rockets, anybody like that so I think he knows that and I think he's tooling up for free agency next summer where uh, Clay Thompson is going to be available Kawhi will be available many players will be available that he can get them to come to LA because one who doesn't want to come to LA apparently a lot of people don't Paul George but who doesn't want to come to LA who doesn't want to play with LeBron James apparently some people don't want to do that either but The core that they have there, the young core with Brandon Ingram, who is very, very good, very talented, Um, a bit of a miniature, Kevin Durant, uh, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, so many other players there that are talented, and then the people they signed in the offseason, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, all these players that... They're signing them, I feel like, just for this year to help take some burden off of LeBron so he doesn't have to play Superman or anything like that like he had to do in Cleveland. So it's nice to see that Magic Johnson is helping LeBron as much as you would expect him to because... I think Magic also sort of knows that, hey, we're not there just yet, but this LeBron James piece is pretty important, and we got that taken care of. So that's my thoughts on that. I think they'll be competitive in the West, but I don't think they're going to be contenders in the West. I think they'll probably get around the 4th, To six seed, I don't think they go any higher than fourth, and I don't think they go any lower than six. So four, five, and six. There you go, Laker fans. That's what you have to look forward to. Um, Now that that is over, we get to shift now to Tiger Woods, and he, like I said, has dominated the headlines in golf over the summer. Misses the cut at the U.S. Open. It's a tough course. That's fine. I get that. Comes back. The British Open has an opportunity to win on. Sunday, at a point he has the lead, blows it, okay, it hurts, not not ideal, Francisco Molinari, he gets that, congratulations, um, first major win in golf by an Italian-born player, fantastic, happy for you. He played a bogey-free round the last round of the British Open, which is incredibly hard to do, especially at Carnoustie, which was very dried out, um, very tough course to begin with, but then you throw in the factors of how the course was playing. A bogey-free round on Sunday in a majors, very impressive, especially playing. He was paired with Tiger in that, so hats off to him. He won that. Then the PGA Tiger starts off the round with bogey, double bogey to get to plus three right off the bat. That's terrible. Absolutely terrible. But as the week progressed, he turned turned it around like he has just been doing for the past year, year and a half. He plays poorly or just not as well as he should on the first day. Friday, he... Turns it around, gets it back into uh, red figures like he should have been the entire time. And then Saturday is when he really makes his charge. And then Sunday, he just falls short and he fell short again. I don't want to say he fell short. I just want to say Brooks Kepka pretty much won that tournament because he played out of his mind. But that seems to be the pattern for Tiger the past year and a half, two years. As I said, plays poorly Thursday, gets himself sort of back in it Friday. Friday. Saturday makes the charge, gets near the top of the leaderboard, and then just doesn't do enough on Sunday to win. And, I mean, that's it's frustrating as a fan to watch that because he, he he's proven he can win tournaments, and he still has the skills that made Tiger Woods Tiger Woods. He just needs to put a complete weekend together all four days to win. And I think I said it on radio shows. Shout out to ESPN 680 for the internship. Said that on their airwaves. I said he's going to win at least four more majors. And I stand by that. So that's... It's coming along. And as I said to begin sort of this golf talk segment thing, that Tiger dominated headlines over the summer. So did Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka wins the U.S. Open back-to-back. And then he wins... The PGA Championship. Very impressive. He's won three out of the last six majors he's played in. He missed the Masters um, this year. So, last year, excuse me. But winning uh, every other time at a major that he's played. So, that's pretty good. That's, I think that'll do. But, Tiger's pretty much back. That's where I just want to leave this golf conversation off on. But, Ryder Cup, only about a month away. Tiger, not a uh, points. He's not making the team on points, but more than likely, Jim Furyk, the captain of the American team, will select him. If he doesn't, all hell is going to break loose, and part of me would love to see that, but the other majority of me is saying, no, the American team needs Tiger Woods there. Um, He's good for golf. Get him there. So hopefully, Jim makes the right decision and adds Tiger Woods to the Ryder Cup team. And once the Ryder Cup gets a little closer, we'll talk more about that. But those are really before I sunk my teeth into college football. Those are the two big things that I wanted to talk about. Moving on, we now talk college football. And there are a plethora of huge games, a few with playoff implications, some would say, this first week of the college football season running those down you got Washington versus Auburn, Michigan versus Notre Dame, renewing the rivalry. We have Bama versus U of We have Miami versus LSU, Virginia Tech versus Florida State, West Virginia versus Tennessee, just so many. So many good matchups this first weekend. College football is spoiling us. There's also some other games going on that I just want to run through really quick. UCF um, losing Scott Frost. How are they going to be able to rebound? I think, yes, Scott Frost is a great coach now at Nebraska, trying to turn that program around. But the talent that the Knights are bringing back for UCF is very, very good. And I think, I mean, no, I'm not saying they're going to be in the playoff, they weren't even in the playoff last year or considered for it really when they had Scott Frost and were undefeated, but I'm just saying that 21st AP in the rankings right now is where they're at. Um it's nice to see that they're getting respect that they deserve because they do have a good team. They open up against UConn on Thursday night on ESPNU. I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to UCF because I think they're gonna be really good this year, and I think they take care of UConn. Then we have Michigan State on Friday. They are 11th in the country so far in the AP polls. They're taking on Utah State. Michigan State this year is a team for me that they're going to be really good or really bad. And I think I think that it really depends on two players for Michigan State, LJ Scott, a very talented running back, and then Brian, the worky, I apologize if I say that wrong, I met him this summer, he was at a derby party um, with me, he was a great guy, I followed him on Instagram, he didn't follow me back, but what what can you say, he's... He's famous. He's nationally famous. He's not going to follow some freaking degenerate back on Instagram. But if you listen to this, which you probably don't, uh, Brian, hit me up. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. It's fine. Um, last year, Lorkey threw for 20 touchdowns. Um, 59% of his passes were completed, and he only got picked off seven times, so he wasn't turning the ball over that much. Um, LJ Scott, who I think is really the key of this offense, um, had 898 yards on 201 carries last year and then he scored eight touchdowns he needs to step up a little bit but I think if he does Michigan State with their defense and uh, Mark Anthony and his defensive minded coaching style I think they'll be just fine not only in the Big Ten but nationally but I just wanted to throw that out there I think Michigan State is going to be around um, the playoff talk all year Another game and another team to talk about that takes place before Saturday, the first official Saturday of college football. We have Stanford, 13th in the country, according to the AP, taking on San Diego State on Friday at 9 p.m. This game and Stanford and really what they're going to be about all year. Bryce Love, the running back for them that was a Heisman candidate last year, returns for a senior year wanted to get his degree, I mean, obviously it's from Stanford, who wouldn't want to do that, but, again, Love will be in the Heisman candidate race all year, if he if he doesn't win it, I think it could be a crime, because his numbers were good enough last year to win it, Baker, Mayfield just had a better year, in some statistic-wise is yes, but, Bryce Love is one of the most dynamic playmakers, I feel like, in the NCAA. So really Stanford, what they're known for mostly is the power run game, imposing their will on other Pac-12 teams that are normally just spread offensive past the ball. And I think Stanford this year is going to be able to do that very well because they have such a great running back with Bryce Love. Another game and another team to look at and they are getting so much love that I'm, I'm a little bit flabbergasted, honestly, is Western Kentucky at fourth-ranked Wisconsin Badgers. Let me say this right now. The Wisconsin Badgers will not be in the college football playoff. They won't because it's the same thing every single year, and it's gotta be so frustrating as a Wisconsin fan. Thank God I'm not one, but it has to be so frustrating. Every year, great running back, great offensive line, very subpar, sub-mediocre quarterback that costs you your chance. Russell Wilson was the last good quarterback they had there. Alex Hornibrook now is the quarterback for Wisconsin. He's been for a while, and I just don't understand how Wisconsin fans can allow it. I just He got them to the Big Ten championship game last year, I get that, where they lost to Ohio State and he made some mistakes. And they had to run the ball pretty much the entire game because Ohio State's secondary was dominating Alex Hornibrook and their receivers. It's just got to be so frustrating. And it's annoying as someone who just... Because Wisconsin's in the Big Ten, I'm an Ohio State fan. I follow what's going on around the Big Ten. It's frustrating seeing it every year and hearing about the hype for Wisconsin and the Badgers, and it happens every year, so I'm not sold on them at all. Yes, they do have one of the best backs in the country, uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's right there with Bryce Love as one of the top Heisman candidates he will probably do amazing. He'll probably be in the Heisman candidate race all year, for sure. But just just get the idea that Wisconsin is a playoff contender, national title contender, anything like that. Just get it out of your mind. And that's that. Will they beat Western Kentucky? Yeah, probably. They probably will. But just wanted to go on that little tangent. Moving on now to some games that are going to take place on Saturday. Like we have talked about, we have Florida Atlantic, coached by Lane Kiffin, who they had a great year in his first year down there. They won their conference. They won their bowl game as well. They're going to take on Oklahoma, seventh in the country. Oklahoma was in the college football playoff last year. They had Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick, the Heisman winner. They had a shootout, one of the best games maybe in college football history against Georgia in the College football playoff semifinal in the Rose Bowl. Just the setting, the scenes, everything. What a game! Everyone is concerned about how are they going to replace Baker Mayfield. Don't worry. I'm telling you right now, Kyler Murray, the quarterback for Oklahoma, that's going to take over. Will do more than enough to be the guy to replace Baker Mayfield. Does. When I word it like that, it means, oh, they're going to win a national championship now. No. And it's not saying he's going to win the Heisman either. But when you lose somebody as explosive as Baker Mayfield, you need someone as explosive or in the realm of big playability that he has. And I think Kyler Murray is just that. I think Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma's head coach, Such an offensive-minded guy will be able to tailor an offense and dictate an offensive scheme for Kyler for what he does well enough. I think he has the physical attributes and the arm power, the skills on the ground, everything to be a successful replacement for Baker Mayfield and have Oklahoma in the contention for Big 12 championship game. Big ten champ big twelve, excuse me, champions and then potentially the playoff, but they gotta get past FAU first, and I think they do. But I think this is a very good game for about a half. And then I think everyone on Oklahoma realizes, hey, we got this. Kyler Murray develops a little bit more into his own. Come the second half, and I think Oklahoma wins it. And I think it's a big day, a big uh big what do you call it a uh, welcoming party for Kyler Murray to the uh, NCAA is like hey I'm here and I'm pretty damn good moving on to another game with a big 12 team we have Texas facing Maryland Tom Herman's second year in Austin trying to turn around the Longhorns program you have Maryland on the heels of a coaching scandal where the coach is just coaching too hard. I don't really know how you want to word that being too excessive with with discipline and abuse and verbal abuse and physical abuse, all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I think Texas, uh, they got Ellinger. Uh, if I pronounce that wrong, I apologize. He's been named the starting quarterback. Um, he can sling the ball. And if Texas can get back to having the quarterback position taken care of like they had with Colt McCoy, like they had with Vince Young, and I get those two guys were all-time players for Texas. But if they can get a solid quarterback underneath them, that's going to go such a long way for getting their program back to where their fans and the rest of college football expects them to be. Because Tom Herman, very offensive-minded guy, was coordinator, offensive coordinator Iowa State, Ohio State, then head coach at Houston, played a big part in how that offense was run. And now if he can get a quarterback that he can build an offense around, I think Texas has a good chance to be back to where they should be. I've read up that a lot of analysts actually do really enjoy and think that they're going to be – competing for a Big 12 championship this year. I I just don't see it because of their schedule is so difficult, and they have to face USC out of conference the third game of the year. It's in Austin though, so that's definitely going to help. I think if they win that, I think they shoot way up the rankings, probably a top 10 for them, and The college football world will be buzzing that Texas is back, and I would love if they were because college football is just better for when they are, but you look at their schedule. They have to face TCU again. It's at Texas, though. Um, Then you have the Red River ivory with Oklahoma. That's a difficult game. They have to go to Oklahoma State, but they get West Virginia, who people are touting very highly this year with uh, Will Greer at quarterback for them. They get West Virginia in Austin. Um, They have to go to Texas Tech. I think if Texas is rolling and they are near the top of the rankings and everything and they are back, as people would say, I think that Texas Tech game is what's going to trip them up. But First week, they play Maryland. I'm excited to see how they come out and play. They're 23rd in the country, according to the Associated Press. But I'll take Texas in that game. And just pretty much with Texas, excited to see how it's going to play out this year for them. Are they on their way back? Is this Tom Herman thing coming along as it should? Because if he just keeps progressing... By a game or two. That's not that's good, but that's not what Texas's standards are. So it's gonna be interesting to see how after a year where he's been able to sort of get some players in there, um, establish his system a little bit more, how Texas is gonna do this year. Moving on. Oh boy. On my notes now we get to talk about Ohio State. Put a check mark that we're talking about them. They have been through some shit. The past month, month and a half, Urban Meyer was suspended for three weeks with pay because of lying to the media uh, at Big Ten Media Day about a domestic violence incident incidents uh, concerning one of his former position coaches, Zach Smith, the receiver coach at Ohio State. Uh, as an Ohio State fan, yes, I followed this closely. It's very difficult in today's media to really get a bias report and reading up on this with brent mcmurphy what he did some people were saying that it was all skewed against ohio state and then you had those people coming back and showing only the good facts of the stuff that happened with zach smith but not the bad things the bruises on his wife's Uh, body from where something happened he he hasn't been indicted or anything like that on these charges so it's not my place to come and say that he did do it or didn't do it but I'm gonna try and stay away from that aspect I'm gonna try and just stay solely on the football aspect Urban Meyer is suspended the first three games of the year the fourth one that he comes back for is against Tulane, the third game is uh, against TCU in Jerry World down in Dallas so that's a big game that he's going to not be there for but he does get to be around practice and do that so that's good for the Ohio State program and the team just To build off, because I've had people ask me, do you think he should have been fired? Blah, blah, blah. If you want to look at past incidents with coaches, Jim Trussell was fired because he tried to cover up and didn't do his job. A scandal of players selling memorabilia and trading um, things like gold pants necklaces that they get for being Michigan things like that for tattoos and he was fired for that for lying to the NCAA which Urban didn't lie to the NCAA but what he did you can pretty much say lie Ohio State has went with the he forgot or didn't know about so however you want to look at that lied about a pretty big incident of domestic violence which is Not okay. So if you want to go off precedence, yeah, he probably should have been fired. Um, Ohio State is reasoning with it. Um, I hope totally away from football, which I said I kind of didn't want to do. I just hope that whole situation gets worked out. Domestic violence, obviously, not cool, not something that should ever happen, Um, whether it's a man hitting a woman or a woman in a man or verbal abuse or anything, emotional abuse, anything like that. So there's that. Ohio State, though, they play Oregon State. um, How are they going to replace JT Barrett? That's a big thing for them. And the guy that they're going to task that with is Dwayne Haskins. A kid that I cannot be more excited for. He's not a runner like JT. He is a passer. And the receiving core that Ohio State has this year uh, Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, Austin Mack, uh, Benjamin Victor, uh, Terry McLaurin, so many guys there that can step up. They're five deep at the position, and they, I think. They're going to be able to throw the ball better than they've been able to in past years. And then you have J.K. Dobbins, um, a sophomore sensation. You have Mike Weber coming back. That's a great one-two punch. Both guys capable of over 1,000 yards, which I am I really think they can do and will do, um, having a pair of guys go over 1,000 yards, which is very difficult to do in today's game with trying to get the ball spread around and trying to divvy out carries and everything between two backs, but I think they can do it. And then Haskins, yeah, like I said, he's not a JT Barrett runner type, but he can run the ball. He's very versatile with his arm and his leg. So Ohio State's there. They have some questions um, at linebacker. Who's going to be able to fill in for that? But the defensive line is going to be, again, one of the best in college football like it was last year. Nick Bosa coming back, he's, thought to be one of the best uh, players in the country, a top overall, uh, top 10, top 5 pick next year in the NFL draft. Chase Young is a guy that is going to come in and play the other defensive end where uh, Sam Hubbard played last year, and he is so good. He is so physical and just physically gifted, and I think Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach for Ohio State, once he gets him, he's had him for um, a year and a half now, being able to coach him, I think he's just going to only get better is Chase Young. And then the secondary with uh, Arnett, number three for Ohio State, Oof, they, uh, the linebacker spot, which is normally not a concerning thing for Ohio State, is now a concerning thing. And it's going to be interesting to see how they can develop and find guys to play because Ohio State has a tough schedule. They only have one opponent that's not in the Power 5 conference, and that's Tulane, the fourth game of the year. And their first big test, as I said, at TCU, well, not at TCU, but pretty much at TCU. And then the fifth week, they go to Penn State, which is going to have huge impact on the college football playoff not only the Big Ten, but the college football playoff and how that is all going to shake out. That's probably a must-watch game of the year. Um, Definitely game of the week. Guarantee that game day will be there. It'll be a night game. It'll be a whiteout. Just love the atmosphere, but that's my two cents on Ohio State right now. Going to beat Oregon State. Another thing to look at is Tate Martell, another quarterback from – Las Vegas, a sophomore, he is going to apparently get to play, says intern coach Ryan Day, which I'm super excited for because I think he's very talented as well. These were supposed to be little quick hit type things, and they're not going that fast, but I'm going to make this last one quick so I can actually get into certain games that I don't want to talk about West Virginia plays Tennessee West Virginia is getting a lot of hype this year in the big 12 because of Will Greer and his returning receiver his name is slipping me right now Will if you listen to this if anybody knows Will and this is ask him how Nash is doing um, how is your little sister the only reason why Nash is even famous but Will Greer is a great quarterback West Virginia is a fun team to watch Their uniforms are very good. Their home field advantage is one of the best in the country because of how wild Morgantown gets. I think they beat Tennessee. I think Tennessee has a down year. Obviously, yeah, whatever. But West Virginia is a team to keep your eye on this entire year because of Will Greer. And... If one thing is shown in college football, having a good quarterback can go a long way and mask a lot of other problems that I think West Virginia has on the defensive side of the ball. But the Big 12, no defense is really that great. It's all about how many points you can put up. So West Virginia looks to be in a good spot there with such a dominant quarterback. And what some people are saying, maybe a Heisman candidate, maybe one of the Heisman favorites going into this year. And now that the quick hits, whatever you want to call them, are done, we can really dive into some of these games that are happening in the first week. Washington against Auburn. I like Auburn in this. I like Auburn this year. Last year my team was Georgia, and I think Georgia will be just just as fine as they were last year, as this year as they were last year. They have two new running backs, um, Holyfield. And I forget the other one, I apologize, Jeff Prifty, you can help me out on that one. Kirby Smart will have their defense playing just as well as they did last year, even though they do lose a bunch of starters, Raquan Smith, um, Jake Fromm is there, they also have the number one quarterback in the country committed to them, so if anything is a little shaky with Fromm, which I don't think it will be, um, it's been shown that Kirby is willing to do what's best for the team, and replace them, so I think Georgia will be there. But, hey, calm down. Auburn this year for me could be my Georgia of last year. I picked Georgia to be a surprise team, and I like Auburn a lot this year. They have a back that's capable of over a 1,000 yards. Uh, Jared Stidham, again, if I pronounce that incorrectly, excuse me, Auburn's quarterback and Auburn's team, really, if Gus Malzahn, the head coach who is – heavily involved in the offense. If he feels comfortable with a strength or an asset that the quarterback has, which is uh, Auburn's quarterback's throwing ability, then he tailors the offense in such creative ways for Auburn to succeed, which I really like. Auburn's defensive line is one of the best in the country I know Clemson gets a lot of talk because yes they do have a ton of talent but Auburn's is loaded with guys that are going to be playing at the next level and then they lose two receivers in the start of camp early on in the summer but they have other guys that are coming back that will be able to replace them and the other guys they're not gone the two guys that are injured they're not gone for the year but They're going to miss a bit of time, but I like Auburn a lot to be a bit of a surprise team. They have a tough schedule. I mean, they play in the SEC. That's fine. On the other hand, Washington in this game, um, you return uh, Jake Browning, who I like as a little bit as a sleeper for the Heisman. He was in it his freshman year. Last year, his numbers fell off a little bit. Um, If you remember two years ago, Browning's freshman year, he was uh, took Washington to the college football playoff where they lost Alabama. Difficult task to ask for a freshman to be able to beat Alabama in a playoff game, of course. But in this one, I like Auburn. I don't think Washington necessarily is out of the college football playoff then, but they're going to need a lot of help. But in this game, the first weekend, I'm going to take Auburn. The next game on the slate, we have Michigan against Notre Dame. Notre Dame's run game last year was ridiculous. I anticipate it'll be the same. Michigan's whole team, really, their defensive line is very good. What their team this year is going to come down to is Shea Patterson, the transfer from Mississippi, from Ole Miss, from Mississippi, how he is going to be handled and how hardball will be able to play him. I think he'll be able to handle him and play him and put him in positions to help the team win pretty much every game, and I think Michigan's going to be very, very good this year. I think Shea Patterson is a great talent, and I think he just adds another component with his legs and his throwing power another quarterback to the Big Ten that is just very, very good. So I like Michigan over Notre Dame in this one. Moving on, I can just do this really quickly. Bama versus U i L. I'm taking Bama. It's going to be interesting to see how Jawan Pass, Puma Pass, whatever you want to call him, uh, is going to replace Lamar Jackson. The big question is who's going to start for Alabama at quarterback. I think it's got to be Toa Tungalova. I'm butchering names here. I apologize. I think it's got to be him. You bring him in. You win the national championship with him. How can you go back and bench him and bring in Hurts, who just wasn't getting the job done for you in the national championship? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Damian Harris there for Alabama on the ground at running back. He's one of the SEC and the country's best running backs. So I like Bama in this one. It's going to be interesting to see how U L season pans out. Being from Louisville, and everything, you get a lot of questions, oh, are they going to be, is, is this going to be a year where they take a step back and everything? And I think Bobby Petrino doesn't really, I think he needs to capitalize this year because this is a year where people are asking and kind of expecting not to be that great. Just do a little better than the expectations. You can, it goes a long way. Instead of being 8-4, 7-5, why don't you try and be 9-3? Obviously, you're going to try, but you might as well just do it just do it, Bobby. Just be 9-3. and three. Just do it. Exceed expectations. It's going to be interesting to see how they're able to do that, though. Um, but you're getting the benefit of the doubt here. People aren't expecting a great year from you. So just exceed their expectations, why don't you? Bama, though, in this one, obviously I think they're going to win, and then I think they're going to be national title contenders throughout the entire year. Yeah, no shit. It's Alabama. Moving on, we now have Miami, the U. It's all about the U going up against LSU. LSU named Joe Burrow, their starting quarterback, the transfer from Ohio State. He is a great quarterback. I think he is a great player as well and a great guy. Just overall, what a guy, Joe Burrow. Never met him, don't know him that well. But. I think that is what LSU has lacked in the past, is a quarterback that is actually competent and can do things. And I think Joe Burrow is just that. Miami's defense all of last year was one of the best in the country. They brought the swagger back with the turnover chain, everything like that. I think I'm calling it an upset, whatever you want to call it. I like LSU in this game. I like LSU all year. I know how I kind of, I'll get into the picks a little later on, but how I'm saying I like so many SEC teams and the, all these guys play each other, it's going to be tough, but in this game, I like LSU over Miami in a bit of an upset, and then the last game that I really want to just dive into is Virginia Tech against Florida State, Willie Taggart, the new Florida State coach, replacing Jimbo Fisher, who is now at Texas A&M who replaced Kevin Sumlin, who is now at Arizona, which we will get to in a second for some Heisman talk. But Virginia Tech, Florida State, I like Florida State in this one. DeAndre Francois coming back for the Seminoles. I just think they are going to be very good this year. I think Taggart and the way he was able to help turn around the Oregon program after Chip Kelly left, I think that is I think that speaks volumes, and I think that's just going to translate. He's a very offensive-minded guy, and that is sort of what last year they struggled with because, I mean, yes, you lose Francois, your number one quarterback, it's going to struggle, but having to replace Dalvin Cook and all that, they struggled a little bit with that. So... Having a guy that comes in and is offensive-minded like he is, it's going to help them. Their defense is always very, very good. So much talent that they get from recruiting in the Florida area because being based out of Florida, obviously. But I like Florida State in this one to beat Virginia Tech. And then just really quickly, UK versus Central Michigan. Cats are going to win. Benny Snell might go for 250 and four touchdowns to really just get his Heisman campaign started off really quickly. little other side note, Terry Touchdown, Terry Wilson getting the start for the Cats. He's going to be better than Steven Johnson on the ground. He needs to be better than him through the air, not by much, just a little bit. Just be patient with him, Cats fans. That's all I got to say about that. Terry Touchdown, we're in good hands. If he's if we're not, just give the ball to Benny 100 times a game. Now, we move on, as I mentioned, to Heisman talk. And Bryce Love, running back Stanford, Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin. Those are all guys that are going to be up there throughout the entire year. Some people that I'm interested to see where they might get some attention and come from Uh Drew Locke, the quarterback from Missouri, I think he might get some attention. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, he might, the running back for Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, he might as well. A guy that I think is going to be in New York at the ceremony is Khalil Tate, the uh, quarterback from Arizona. Nick, Nick Fitzgerald as well from Mississippi State. He is suspended the first game of the year, but I think he has a potential as a senior to be very, very good and put up a lot of big numbers. But Khalil Tate is the guy I really want to talk about here. I think he has a chance to be in New York because Kevin Sumlin, we saw how well he did with the mobile quarterback with Johnny Menzel, and yes, I know he wasn't the offensive coordinator and anything like that, but he knows how to handle quarterbacks that are mobile and Tate is that and he has a great arm to complement him being a running threat Arizona has a chance to be dangerous this entire year they're ranked in the top 25 so far which is I mean a huge turnaround from where they were I just think Khalil Tate there for Arizona is going to be You can call him a sleeper, whatever you want to call him, that's fine. But I think he's going to be in the Heisman conversation throughout the year. And they play teams in the Pac-12 that I want to sort of, not talent-wise or number-wise really, compare Cleo Tate to how Lamar Jackson, when he won it, is going to be. They have an opportunity multiple times this year to beat a uh good team like a Stanford or a Washington this year. And if, they, if he can ball out in that game and put up big numbers in that game, he's going to sh- skyrocket to the top of the list. And what I think is ultimately going to hurt him and it's going to be playing out West and games being on late at night, which could also impact Bryce Love as well, I ultimately think Bryce Love wins the Heisman. But... It could impact them because having these late games and the voters, and you you hear this and you think that's ridiculous. How could that actually be a thing? But some voters, they just don't stay up late, and West Coast games. I mean, Arizona's first game is at ten forty-five on Saturday, ten forty-five p.m. Eastern. That's late. Some of these old people have their bed times. That's I understand that. I like to go to bed early sometimes too, but. I think overall, the Heisman winner is Bryce Love. I think Khalil Tate, though, is a name to keep in mind. I know that's not like a crazy um, reach. I know some people are saying that he should just already be in the conversation, and he very well should, but I think consistently is where he's going to be there, and I think that's what's going to surprise some people. Now, my Power 5 conference picks... SEC, I got Alabama. They're going to have a ton of good games. Auburn, the Iron Bowl, I think that is going to decide which team goes to the SEC championship game. And I think Alabama is going to end up winning that, unfortunately. And then, I mean, I imagine them playing Georgia and that being another fantastic game. But I think Bama gets it done once again. The Big Ten, we have Ohio State. They have so many important games this year at Penn State, against Michigan, against Michigan State, potentially against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. There's four games right there. If they lose one of those and then win the other three, do they should they get in? Yeah, probably they should, depending on how everything else turns out. But I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten. I think the Pac-12 belongs to Stanford. Stanford is sort of like Wisconsin, where they run the ball really well, and then their quarterback play has been very eh, but Stanford's quarterback play is turning around. I have the Big 12. I have a big question mark by it. I'm going to say Oklahoma, just because of Kyler Murray. And then the ACC, we have Clemson, um, a defensive line. Kelly Bryant, the quarterback coming back, he is um, a little questionable, but they also have two running backs that are very, very good and can both easily get over 1,000 yards. Again, probably the best defensive line that college football has seen in a while. I get that, yes, Ohio State had a good one last year, and there's been many in the past, but there's just – So much NFL talent, and, I mean, they could all pretty much go in the first round. Probably top 20 picks for them. Excuse me, I got a call from someone right in the middle of recording. How rude. But it's going to be interesting to see how Clemson will handle the quarterback situation because Kelly Bryant, was he was good last year. He wasn't great, but he was all right. Now this year that they have a quarterback that is coming in. um Excuse me one second. His, Lawrence. Yeah, wait, hold on. Yeah, I'm not an idiot. My bad. Trevor Lawrence um, is a true freshman. He's coming in, and he has got all the talent in the world. It's going to be interesting to see how Dabo is willing to, if Kelly Bryant isn't playing well, to pull him and put in Trevor Lawrence. And... Some people are saying Trevor Lawrence could win the Heisman because of how talented he is and the playmakers and everything he has around him at Clemson. So that's interesting to me. I like Clemson in the ACC. I think they drop a game somewhere because it is so hard to stay undefeated in college football these days. Probably um, maybe to a Virginia Tech or someone like that or a Florida State. But Clemson's winning the ACC. And now we come to the all-important predictions of national champion, the college football playoff. My two guarantees, I'm going Alabama and Clemson. I feel like Ohio State is going to be in there as well, just because of winning the Big Ten and how deep the Big Ten is this year. I think they get in. And then I think there's going to be another scenario last year where a conference a team from an SEC or a Big Ten where the conference is so deep that the conference champion won't get in. Oh, boy. This is hard. Um, Could be Auburn. I like them a lot. Could be Georgia. I think they're going to be very, very good. Maybe even Wisconsin if they lose to Ohio State in a close game in the Big Ten Championship. I don't know. Who... I mean Oklahoma if they run the table they should definitely be in from the Big 12. I this is tough, who knew that this was going to be such a tough decision. Okay. We're going to go Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. I think Georgia gets in after losing to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um, just role reversal there. Alabama getting in last year, not even being in the SEC championship game. I think um, that'll be a good game, but I think Alabama ends up beating Georgia this year in the SEC championship. And Georgia just having still such a good year that they do end up making it. So there you go. And uh, national champion, I'm going to take Clemson. I hate that I'm doing that. I'm not a big Clemson guy at all, but I think that their quarterback situation with Trevor Lawrence or Kelly Bryant is going to be taken care of. They have good running backs, both running backs that they have, um, capable of over 1,000 yards, and I think their defense is just – With uh, Brent Venables as defensive coach, is just one of the best in the country. The defensive line, the best in the country. I just think that is going to be taken care of. And Clemson, your 2018-2019 college football national champions. So that's that. Thank you for tuning in to the 35th edition of Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. There'll be a new episode next week, and... That is going to be college football and NFL preview heavy because the NFL is back in two weeks and we are all, I'm sure, excited for that. As I always do, I want to thank you all for listening. Share this if you can. Get in as many people's ears as possible. Get in front of their eyes as well. Um, Like, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, you know, um... Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week, as I said. And as always, as we end here on Carson Sack, we will be seeing you.